0: this is your wellness solution a podcast by solution health up to 15 million americans are affected by food allergies and for many an allergic reaction can cause a potentially life threatening medical situation so what do you need to know and how can you successfully manage and control your condition to enjoy a full active life Well, here to talk about food allergies is Dr. Amit Kumar, an asthma and allergy specialist at Solution Health. Dr. Kumar, thank you so much for your time today. So let's start at the beginning. What are food allergies?
1: So food allergies are almost like your body's overreaction to to foods when you ingest them. A lot of times when people get food allergy symptoms, the, the, the main symptoms that we worry about are what are termed anaphylaxis. And anaphylaxis can mean anything from... Hives to throat swelling to tongue swelling, lip swelling, wheezing, uh, vomiting. Um, At times, you know, people can um, even uh, pass out uh, during the course of a food allergic reaction. Um, Some kids, when they have, you know, a a reaction to a food, it may be a little bit different. They can sometimes get eczema from um, having ingested a food uh, within a few hours' time as well. And so, usually, when we think about classical food allergies, it's either Anaphylaxis, or having you know the eczema symptoms after eating the food.
0: So a food allergy is basically the body fighting itself.
1: Well, what it is really, you know, if, if we think about the um, you know the 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 basic uh, science behind it, it's that you you make antibodies and to various things in the world, and there's an antibody in your body that's more associated with allergies, and that's called IgE. An IgE goes up when you're allergic to anything. So if somebody has, for example, a cat allergy, they're making IgE to cat. Um, In food allergies, they're usually making an IgE to that food. So somebody who's uh, nut allergic or milk allergic is making this antibody directed against um, those foods. And when that when that happens, it sort of sets off a cascade in the body. So when you eat the food, um, and your the antibody gets the chance to bind to that food. It releases uh, systemic mediators in the body that cause the symptoms that we think of with food allergies, whether it be anaphylaxis or eczema.
0: Okay, got it. So you just mentioned some symptoms earlier. How do you diagnose a food allergy?
1: So that's a great question. So you know, with food allergies, when we're when we're diagnosing them, there's multiple ways that we can go about it. The first is sometimes when patients come and visit an allergist, we will do skin testing where we'll have the uh, child or adult come in and we'll do what's called a scratch test, where we take a little device and we just lightly uh, superficially scratch the skin uh, and apply the allergen to the skin. And if you're allergic, the little droplet on the skin turns red, itchy, and bumpy right away. Another way of looking at it is you can also get blood work, uh, which will also show you if you're making the allergic antibodies to that food. But the gold standard for food allergy is if we're not quite sure if the, if the skin testing is unclear or if the history is very suggestive of a food allergy or if we think maybe somebody has outgrown their food allergy, the gold standard is to have the person eat the food and see what their reaction is. So sometimes if we're not, if we think somebody's outgrown an allergy, we'll have them come in and we'll, we'll give them the food in small controlled amounts and we'll see if they react against it in any negative way. And that's called a food challenge. So a lot of allergists perform those as a way of sort of you know, establishing if one is really allergic or not. If they can eat the food, and even if the blood test or the skin test is positive, but they can eat the food and they're not having any symptoms, then they're not really allergic to the food. They probably are sensitized by skin testing or blood testing, but the gold standard is if you can eat it and you're asymptomatic, then you you're, you probably are not allergic at that point.
0: All right, Dr. Kumar, that's very good to know. So you mentioned outgrowing an allergy. Is that possible? And... Are there cures for allergies, or in most cases, a food allergy is something you just have to manage over a lifetime?
1: So, you know, it depends on the foods in a lot of ways. So, for example, um, I oftentimes tell patients who are, you know, if you're milk allergic or you're egg allergic or you're wheat allergic as an infant or a child, you know, a good 80% of kids will outgrow those allergies by age five. And the way we determine that is to either repeat the skin testing or blood work and seeing if it's short starts to get lower and lower with time. And if it does, then, there's a, then we try to reintroduce the food. That's in contrast to other foods, for example, nuts and shellfish. There's only about a 20% chance of outgrowing those on your own. So those are much less apt to happen, but they can occur occasionally. And then that's why we still like to trend those values early on in life to see where they're sort of heading. And if the levels start to go down, then we're a little bit more optimistic that the child or adult has a good chance of, of outgrowing the, the allergy. But going back to your second question, is there a cure for food allergy? At, at this time, no. The, um, there are many things that are sort of in development in terms of trying to come up with ways of trying to either instill some of these food allergens into the diet in graded amounts um, or sort of building up one's body's tolerance to the foods. And so many academic centers throughout the U.S. are, are trying to study if food desensitization is something that will be an option for our patients with time. Um, What that would mean is that instead of just waiting for somebody's body to outgrow the allergy, we would be able to actually come up with a protocol where we could try to administer very small amounts and then build up the person's tolerance over time, meaning that they would come in every week or every few weeks and get a higher amount of that food and and kind of keep ingesting it every day as a way of trying to, to instill tolerance or outgrowing the food allergy. But that's still sort of in academic development, meaning like it's still being looked at in clinical research trials. So, you know, the Academy of Allergy has not, at this point in time, um, you know, suggested that we try that therapy yet on our patients. But in the future, it, it may offer us some possibilities.
0: And then we hear a lot about gluten, people allergic to gluten. Can you quickly talk about that?
1: So, yeah. So, gluten, you know, there can be a, a multiple uh, sets of issues with gluten. Um Gluten sometimes can cause um, um, what's known as celiac disease, which is oftentimes managed by gastroenterologists, but patients in that situation can sometimes have, um, you know, difficulties with um, uh, digestion of wheat or or gluten-containing products, and that can include things such as diarrhea or uh, belly aches or bloating or um, sometimes anemias or malabsorption. So that's one example where, you know, somebody is not able to eat, um, you know, is not able to to digest gluten. On the other hand, you can have wheat allergy, which would be, again, all the symptoms I mentioned before, like throat swelling, tongue swelling, lips swelling, those kinds of issues. And then there's a little bit more of a nebulous category where people are just gluten intolerant. And the hard thing, you know, that's, it's almost become almost like a fad diet where people have taken gluten out and they just sort of feel better in general. The problem with the intolerance is that there's no great test for that. So people oftentimes come to see me and they think that they're, you know, gluten quote-unquote allergic. And really what they're alluding to is they just feel better with gluten out of their diet or digestively they feel better with gluten not being in their diet. And I oftentimes tell patients, well, there's no great validated test for that. You know, if you feel better with it out of your diet, then certainly you can remove it. But it's not the same as, you know, being anaphylactic to the food where we have a, a validated test.
0: And lastly, Dr. Kumar, are there any new treatments for food allergies that we should know about?
1: Well, you know, as I was alluding to before um you know they are trying um to move forward with some of these new um you know desensitization protocols um which are like i said in in academic development um, you know this coming year, they are uh, probably going to be releasing you know two treatments that sort of uh, allude to that there's a peanut um you know two peanut products, one that's going to be given sublingually and one that's going to be um, given uh, transdermally, almost like you're going to be wearing a little bit of a patch that you know sort of helps the person who's allergic to peanut to see uh, if they can help to sort of outgrowing the food allergy. The problem with those therapies at this point in time is that they um, sometimes have a high potential for side effects, and they're not, you know fully effective in terms of um, eradicating the, the food allergy. So, you know, at, at this point, you know, what I oftentimes tell patients is although we don't have the, the best, you know, treatments at this time, you know, certainly, you know, keeping an EpiPen at all times is, is highly suggested so that in case you accidentally ingest a food, you can give yourself a medicine that will help help to quickly reverse the symptoms of a food allergy. So oftentimes our patients will be armed with EpiPens. They'll learn how to use those. They'll be taught on how to do good label reading and how best to avoid the foods, uh, for their, you know, for, for themselves or their children. And, you know, um, with time it's worth relooking and seeing if, you know, if their lab levels happen to drop on their own, because as I mentioned before, you know, to do a food challenge at some point for somebody who we think is maybe outgrowing their allergy is invaluable. It's, It's our way of being able to basically tell the adult or child that they're no longer allergic to that food. Um, you know i think that's sort of where we are in terms of our therapies right now
0: well dr kumar thank you so much for the great information today for more information on food allergies please visit snhhealth.org that's snhhealth.org thanks for listening